This morning's reading is a poem by Stuart Kestenbaum entitled Prayer in the Strip Mall, Bangor, Maine. The week after Thanksgiving and the stores are decked out for holiday shopping, including a TJ Maxx, where what was once too expensive loses its value and attracts us, there is a store with the big yellow banner proclaiming giant book sale, a seasonal operation of remaindered books, which doesn't mean that the books aren't good, only that the great machinery of merchandising didn't engage its gears in quite the right way. And I buy two books of poetry and I'm leaving the store, the first snowstorm of the winter on the way. And as I get to the glass double doors, a bearded man with a cane is entering. He has been walking with a woman who is continuing on to another store. And he has a look that could make him either eccentrically brilliant or just plain simple. And as I open the door and he opens the other side, he turns and says, I love you. Not to me, but calling back to his friend who is departing. Only he said it looking at me, closest to me, which is unintended love, random love, love that should be spread throughout the world, shouted in our ears for free. So friends, maybe like uh, many of you who decorate for the holidays, this past week brought to my house the annual tradition of rummaging through the basement to find the right boxes filled with the seasonally appropriate decorations. Where are the lights? Where is the green extension cord? Where is the star cut from the cereal box that we made 20 years ago wrapped in foil that goes on the top of the tree? The one that we made 20 years ago whose corners are bent and wrinkled, not unlike me. And where is the wooden nativity scene, the crash that goes on the shelf before there was elf on a shelf? Where is that? It's not in the ornament box. It's not in the newly bought LED light box. It's not in the Santa and reindeer themed coffee mug and dishes box. It's not in the random box. Says Karen, have you checked on the Halloween box? <laughs> no. Check there. I don't think Jesus and his crew fit into the other boxes that we cleaned up last year. It seems even in the basement there is no room at the inn. <laughs> so I pull the lid off, and sure, it, sure enough, there it is. It's underneath the, the light-up skull and the foldable giant spider, our own little nightmare before Christmas. And as I reclaim Jesus and his crew, I take bits of that white stretchy stuff that you buy at Halloween that's meant to look like cobwebs, and I pull it off of Mary's halo. And as I do that, I have this thought. I feel sorry for Jesus. I feel sorry for the shepherds and the wise men and the sheep and the donkey whose home was taken from them akin to something like holy eminent domain. And I feel sorry for Joseph and for Mary, these parents, these migrants, this mom and dad who didn't have papers, who were seeking asylum and headed to their hometown to get registered as Caesar demanded. I mean, does this story sound familiar to you? 
for the whole last year, this nativity scene has lived in the box in my basement. And now that it's reclaimed, its fate is not going to be much better. It's going to be on the low shelf in our bookcase, where as the days go on, holiday cards will be put in front and around, and then the dog will come up in an exuberant wagging and will knock it from the shelf, and I'll have to re-glue Jesus back into his cradle. And then some errant tinsel on this, from the tree will float in to the dining room on that shelf and wrap around Joseph's feet like tripwire. Which is to say, this whole scene, this whole music, all of this stuff that we're doing, it's lost. It's domesticated. It's like we can't even hear it anymore. That's how I feel, at least. And that's why I've enjoyed listening this fall to the choir as they have rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Because so many of them don't remember their high school Spanish. (laughs) And I include myself in that. And it's helping because as we listen to the nativity being translated and taken from the basements and the boxes of our expectations, it gets set anew into this rural farm country of Argentina. And as we do that, I just want us to to remember, because this time of year, you and me, we're like all of us like in a snow globe that's being shaken up furiously, and we can't even hear and feel much anymore. These are the takeaways. How maybe unwed teenage moms like Mary are among the strongest people in the world. How maybe wise women and wise men are to be found among undocumented travelers from far off lands and that maybe, maybe they just might show us what and who God looks like, Benjamin. How in these times we need to hear stories, don't we, where tyrants, presidents tremble because heaven has come to poor people. How in this story, God loves animals just as much as people be, and we know why? Because animals were among the first witnesses of that baby. How there are lights in our life, and we should follow them. And how in this story, contrary to the way that we're often told and see in these times, that sometimes gentle people win and the violent and the powerful take a back seat. And the last are the first, and the first are the last, and sometimes a little baby, as all babies remind us, these babies shall lead us. So reclaim your nativity scene of your life, my friends.